Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, December 31st, we look at Lesson 14, All Things New. Together, let's find hope found in the new heavens and the new earth. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we are, Lesson 14, All Things New. Memory text is coming from Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Uh, it's an important doctrine of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Michael, one that I realized that a lot of people, different denominations, are not parallel with us on this, but it's one that not only makes sense, but one that is biblical and one that offers another layer of hope that uh, I think that the world could use. I know that I I love it when I think about it and read about it and study about it, but the new heavens and the new earth, but mostly the new earth. Um, so, Michael, tell us a little bit about that new heaven and new earth in Sunday's lesson. Yeah, you know, I, <clears throat> I was just thinking because it's the week of uh, Christmas or just after Christmas, and and so all things new. <laughs> everyone yes. likes a Christmas present, and and everyone especially appreciates a new Christmas present, right? <laughs> so they want that new box of Legos, not, you know, a half box of old Legos that, yes. that doesn't do anything. That are missing and, all the uh, pieces and you have to hodgepodge it together, right? Right, exactly. So it seems only ap- apropos that, that this would be the topic for the end of this quarter as we look to a new quarter, uh, but with this lesson on uh death and life and what happens next and this beautiful promise it's a way to look at the culmination of scripture and there's a couple passages here i'm just going to look at isaiah 65 i don't have time to read all of it because it's a rather lengthy passage but uh, uh, the beginning of that passage verse 17 says see i will create new heavens and a new earth and the former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. And so I think it's not that we don't have like a memory wipe when we get to heaven. It isn't that right. everything that happened here suddenly disappears. Because, I mean, think about it. We are talking about this last week, that there's going to be an investigative judgment. People during the millennium, the thousand years, will have time to review the records. You know, what happened? Why are certain people there? Why are certain people not there? Um, there'll be a chance. So there's obviously an opportunity. We remember and recognize each other. We remember what happened here on earth. But I think it's sort of like, um, it is sort of like Christmas in that it talks about the former things will not be remembered when, <laughs> you know, you see, for those who have children that are listening to this, right, you see your kids opening their presents and they're oh, just yeah. so excited. And they're not thinking about um, when they get that new Lego set or whatever, I don't know, you know, whatever you happen to like or your kids happen to like. Um, they're not thinking about the old <laughs> Legos up in their room. <laughs> They're just like, oh, excited. This is, this is not as good as my old toys, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, they're just enraptured in that moment of how exciting um, this is. In fact, <clears throat> little shout out to my my nephew. Of course, we're living closer to family, so this has been re- very exciting to be close enough to 
uh, to have some family over for, for Christmas and, and the holidays. And uh, he came over, I think it was Christmas Eve, Buster. Oh. And we're having a little fire with the fireplace. It's been pretty cold. I think just about anywhere in the United States. Yes, including <laughs> here. Paying attention. We, had been t- we were 10 degrees on Friday. <laughs> was it really that yeah, cold? It really was. Oh, my goodness, down in Texas. And it was close to zero here in Maryland where we are. Oof. And, um, yeah, just wicked cold. Anyways, we had a fireplace, and and there's my cute little uh, nephew. He's uh, four, going on five. And and uh, he just comes, and we, we're kind of, you know, my, my kids – we're talking to him. We, you know, have have Christmas presents and under the tree. And I don't know if your kids are the ones that like to shake them and try to figure out what's, oh, what's yes. under that tree. And um, and so they're trying to tell him, hey, we've got a Christmas present. And and he just runs up and gives them a big hug and he says, whatever it is, any gift that you give me because it's from you, I'm, I know I'm gonna love it. Oh, <laughs> this warms your heart, right? Yeah, it warms your heart. And so. Um, the new is so amazing, so fabulous that we're not going to be really worried and thinking about what <clears throat> happened before. Kind of like those, you know, the new present versus versus the old, you know, you're just thankful, I suppose, to to really be there. So there is going to be a new heaven, a new earth. New earth. It's something that is promised before us that God right. um, has for his faithful people. And this is a part of what God wants for us, his plan for us, that we're headed to a better land, a better country, so to speak, um, that all of these things uh, lead to um, ultimately not only a better place, but a place of worship. So, Buster, talk to us about the, the temple of God or in the temple of God. Yeah, so so here in Monday's lessons, talking about in the temple of God and it mentions this this idea of the new heavens and the new earth, but also what's going to be happening there, especially in New Jerusalem. Uh, Isaiah 7, 9 through 15, I'm just going to highlight here, verse 9. And after these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribe, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands. And they're crying out, salvation belongs to the Lord. But I'm going to jump down here to verse uh, 15. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. And so we see here this, if you will, forever worship that takes place. And this idea of the temple is where the congregation comes together to worship and to praise and to thank God. And it's one Long celebration, eternal celebration, if you will, Michael. Uh, and Revelation 21 uh, gives gives a little bit more light to this. Uh, verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God, which is uh, God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And all the way down to verse 22, Michael. But I mm-hmm. saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. So the presence of God is with his people. So Emmanuel, come full circle, right? Not just the first advent, not just this, the the second advent, but this is the forever advent. Uh, he is forever Ooh, with I us. I like that. Right? <laughs> and, and so if you don't enjoy being in the presence of God now, <laughs> uh, find a way to actually build that relationship because that's what eternity looks like. And it's going to be a joyous thing. Uh, a lot of times, 
if church is, is absolutely miserable and boring to you, why in the world would you actually enjoy heaven? And I understand there's some uh, services where I've been, Michael, where I want to get out, <laughs> where well. it's long and dull and boring. But for the for the have mercy for the reasons of fellowship and for the reasons of worship, for the reason of this commonality of praise, uh, I really, truly, deeply enjoy church, and I can't wait till I can have it forever. Right? If 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 my day was comprised of every day being a Sabbath. I would absolutely love it. Right now we have to pay yeah. bills and we have to work hard and all these different things. Uh, so that, that can't be uh, true here right now, but in heaven uh, there won't be the need to do those things. And yes, we'll still have other things to be occupied with, but the culmination of everything is going to be worship and praise towards God in the heavenly sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And so I want to uh, hope the audience catches a glimpse of that and we find ourselves not just longing for that but creating moments for that to happen right now in our lives of spending daily time with god and so michael that that brings us to a a perfect idea of tuesday's lesson of being in the presence of god absolutely you know what you were just describing reminded me of i was just reading great controversy yesterday how you know that our conversion happens through the holy spirit it does. And so the Holy Spirit facilitates and and so on. But a lot of people are kind of can be scared of of end time events and what's going to happen and all those different kinds of things. And and Ellen White in the great controversy makes the point that, you know, it's it's how how are we, I guess, protected or fortified spiritually and she says it's by hiding God's word in our hearts, you know, and mm. we, we can't do something that God doesn't we can't do already for ourselves. So by studying the Bible, which is what we do through the Sabbath school lesson and, and through prayer and um, those kinds of things. It's the Holy Spirit that takes those words of scripture and yes. applies them to our hearts in ways that that make a difference uh, for each of us. And that's what the temple of God, we're going to be in the presence of God uh, for all eternity. And what makes yes. heaven great is that perpetual presence. And, yes. uh, and that that's really, truly the blessing. If we don't enjoy that like i think that was the point you were making buster now why would we enjoy it in heaven so i mean it'd be just kind of um a fish out of water so to speak and right um matthew 5 8 blessed are the pure in heart for they sh- shall see god and and what this is really talking about the the pure in heart isn't you know hey i have to make my heart so pure but but the heart that's willing to be converted and is open to the tender leadings of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is um, speaking to to your heart, to my heart, and um, and and First John three verses two and three talks about this some more. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him for we shall see him as he is mm. and all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Uh, but I like this. We shall be like him. And so part of the Christian experience, part of what heaven's all about and being in the presence of God is being more like Jesus. Um, and the more we spend time with Jesus, the more we reflect his image. And so we don't read the Bible so we can somehow make ourselves better. We read it because we are in the presence of Jesus. There we go. And and the more we spend time with Jesus, um, Ellen White says in another place in Ministry of Healing, I think it's page uh, 590, that um, 
that uh, the the surest sign of a of a Christian is a is a loving and lovable Christian, and yeah. so we spend time with Jesus, we become more loving and lovable love uh, Christians, and so that's that's where it is that beautiful promise we have. Revelation twenty two verses three and four talks about this as well. Um, and they shall see his face, and his name will be on their forehead. So again, it's not some kind of weird, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> avatar or something like that. Yeah. Well, he looks strange. <laughs> it shall be um, that uh, you see Jesus in the life of of you and me by God's grace, and and anyone who so desires. And yeah. so, um, so that that's what it's all about. And uh, one other description of this new heaven, this new earth that we're ending on this very very hopeful note is that there will be no more death and tears. Yeah, you know, Michael, combining with what you're just sharing, um, we don't find ourselves in the presence of God to to make ourselves better. It's not a it's not a uh, merits thing of like, look at the telling marks that I've built up and we don't even do it to, plea- mm-hmm. to appease God. We do it out of love, right? Uh, maybe it yeah. starts off with those things, but it eventually should form and transform into a loving relationship and getting really serious here, here real quick, quick, Michael, there's a couple of relationships of um, people I'm close to that I'm dealing with where the relationships are falling apart and one party or the other. And both of these relationships I'm talking about, uh, there's this sense of obligatory responsibility that people are tired of, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they want to spend this time and they want me to do this and they want me to do that. And it becomes like a chore. And the other spouse is saying, no, I don't want it to be a chore. I want it to be because you care about me. Well, you're, you're you know, it just, it just becomes this thing. And I think about our own relationship with God and how our, we feel like this sense of obligation and need to say, God, well, see, I paid my tithe and offerings and God, I showed up to church and God, I did these things. Now, what are you going to do for me? It becomes transactional. It's never meant to be transactional. As a matter of fact, the transactions of the disciples, it's a horrible feat, right? Because they eventually lost their lives according to man's view. And I guarantee you, when we get to heaven and ask them, would you do it all over again? They say a million times over because yeah. the relationship with God was worth the current affliction. It was worth the painful affliction that they went through, which brings us to Wednesday's lesson of no more death and tears. Uh, This is something that God is giving to us as a a word of encouragement, but also a word of a promise, right? Uh, I think we can claim this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I want to go to Isaiah chapter 25, verse 28. Once again, that's Isaiah chapter 25 and verse, uh, not verse 28, verse 8. While you're looking that up, Buster, I just want to say something, especially for our listeners here, you know, during the holidays, one of the things that can be, perhaps the most difficult isn't, you know, there's all the festivities, but sometimes there's that empty chair at the table, you know, and it doesn't matter whether that's a death or divorce or something else, um, something crazy. Yeah. Uh, But, but, you know, if you're suffering and, and you're having those moments of, of pain uh, in the midst of this, this is a time to invite the presence of Jesus in your life. Jesus doesn't take away that, that empty feeling. It doesn't mean that immediately there is, you know, someone's going to appear at that table. There's going to be a sense of loss, but Jesus is with us during those profound moments 
of, of, of tenderness, shall we say, that we can have Christ there through those moments to take us through those moments. I love that, Michael. And, and this is meant for you. Uh, those of you who are missing those loved ones, I talked with someone yesterday who lost a child 20, 25, no, 35 years ago. And if they said every Christmas, they feel the pain of losing that child. And this is this is for you. Isaiah 25, verse 8, he shall swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from their faces, the rebuke of his people that he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And I'm not going to read uh, Revelation 7, 17 or 21, 4, but this idea of God taking away pain and taking away death, taking away mourning for a forever celebration. And like you said, Michael, and um, someone asks, like, oh, well, I will I no longer remember. And it's like, no, I, th- I think we'll forever remember. It's just that the pain and the affliction that we deal with here as a result of sin will be eradicated. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be this memorial that I think we'll have, but it will be a joyful memorial, uh, even for those who didn't make it. Um, yeah. and, and this is me speculating. I always say, let's make it there and find out. Right. Uh, but as we were reading scripture, I think it's congruent with scripture. Uh, that God is a merciful and gracious God who doesn't want to see us in pain, who yeah. decide to go through pain with us to show us how much he hates it. Right. Uh, and so please audience continue going on, continue holding on to hope because uh, the blessed hope is coming through the clouds of glory soon. Mm. So Michael uh, finishes off with Thursday's lesson, his name on their foreheads. Absolutely. So back to that last passage from Wednesday's lesson, Revelation 22, we looked at verses three and four, but verse five talks more uh, directly and says, there'll be no more night and they will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. And so um, that's, that's going to be something very different and something unlike anything we've ever experienced on this earth before, because uh, if, if you're listening to this and you've been in a part of the country that uh, I know down in Chattanooga, where my uh, family, some of my family live, that they were having rolling blackouts. Um, we had a rolling blackout here in Maryland yesterday. It wasn't enough energy to keep up with all the cold. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is this is the challenge we have. And there's a different energy source uh, altogether that's completely different than anything we've ever known before. And the best the Bible can describe it, John the Revelator, is to describe his name that is in our foreheads and and that there's going to be no more night. Uh, it, it's it's going to be incredible to experience what heaven is, is, is like. And I think when we get there, we're going to look back and say, wow, that, that was the best we could possibly fathom um, just because anything, once again, here on earth just pales in comparison to what what the glories of heaven will be like. And and some people are kind of worried, and even the lessons kind of speculating a little bit, how can we be sure? How can we know that we have uh, God's name in our foreheads, right? And, and we're not looking for a physical mark. We're looking for the character of Christ. And Christ's Object Lessons uh, talks about this, the character of Christ being perfectly reproduced in his people. And right. I know we've talked about this before, and some people think, well, that's actually talking about, oh, if I could only just make myself perfect enough. And, and <laughs> if you read that quote that way, you're reading it completely wrong. But if you read the whole context of that chapter, it's talking about maturity and growth, some, something like a piece of fruit, you know, that ripens. Right. Um, 
you know, you can't, you can't have a piece of fruit that's only half grown. It's going to be terrible. It won't taste good at all. You have to wait until it's fully mature. And the only way that we're fully mature, that we have that name in our foreheads is to reflect the character of Jesus Christ. And that is something that happens through surrender. Or Ellen White says another place, perfect surrender, right? By giving ourselves to, to God. And we can have that assurance. We can know that Jesus um, loves us and that we're growing more like Jesus. And as long as we're doing that, we are perfect. We have his name in our foreheads because when people look at us, they see not us, but they see Jesus reflected in and through us um, by yeah. God's grace, by God's grace. And by, that's what this name... Yeah, that's what his name in our foreheads is all about. It's reflecting the character of God. Amen. Well, Michael, this has been a fantastic quarter. And I think that's the point of this. Even in life and even in death, may our characters reflect that of God. Absolutely. And uh, it's been a great, great lesson. Appreciate uh, Alberto, Tim, and uh, those who have put this Sabbath school lesson uh, together. And I know we've got um, some more things coming up uh, just around the corner that are going to be really exciting as we look at uh, God's family and what God's family is all, what, what that looks like and what it's all about. Amen. Amen. Well, hard to believe that we have made it through this quarter. So without any further ado, let's, uh, we'll put a wrap. So this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.